Good evening, everyone. My friends, how has this first day of Lent been going for you so far? Hmm? Friends, this morning, um, 535 people were in our church for Mass at 9 a.m. Uh, hour and a half, yes. It took a little while to put ashes on that many people. But my friends, I have to share with you, uh, as is my custom, I stay in the church and pray and will impose ashes on folks' foreheads throughout the day. 410 people, 423 people passed through the church. I expected to see no one here at, for 6 o'clock Mass. After 535 at 9 and then 425, 23 people throughout the day, I thought, it'll just be us. But look, it's been wonderful. And my friends... One of the challenges that comes with the beginning of Lent on Ash Wednesday is that people uh, see this day, uh, and it's wonderful. It's not a holy day of obligation. No one has to go to Mass. You don't even have to have ashes put on your head. But we see churches filled, and our parish is one of them. It was filled. But they see this as the Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, and then tomorrow as if Lent wasn't happening. (laughs) So we want to keep that 40-day, that momentum going, and the ashes we receive throughout the day, and you'll receive this evening, uh, become a sign and a call to repentance and conversion. And repentance and conversion is not just the Lenten, just not Ash Wednesday and Lent, it's always, it's every day. My friends, the, that being said, Lent is our invitation to plunge deeper into our relationship with Christ. Is the time set aside for those of us seeking to live in a more spiritual way? I think Lent, part of it is for us to pause and to take an honest look at the choices that we make every day. And how do they align with Christ's values? In the intimate places of our heart, we come to see more clearly where we are not as loving as Jesus challenges us to be. Lent is an excellent time to work on increasing love of God and love for others. Ash Wednesday begins Lent, and oftentimes we naturally look to ourselves and our constant need for conversion, and that's rightly so. But surprisingly, if you paid attention to the gospel, uh, the first admonition given um, is not fasting. uh, It's about the other the very first thing that Jesus says, when you give your alms to others. So it begins with the outward reach. Without turning outward towards others, and any inward turning risks being self-centered and self-satisfied. So Jesus says, if you do this for show, you've already received your reward. Lent requires much discipline, prayer, connecting with God. It is the giving of ourselves over to the divine presence, the ultimate act of self-surrender, fasting, making room for the Lord and making room for others. And almsgiving, Jesus' example of his willingness to act with love and charity with everyone by reaching out. One of the ways we live out our love for God and neighbor is through service. Charitable 
I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your prayer, your sincerity, your very presence to others. In serving another, we go out of ourselves and focus our attention and our kindness on someone else. We link our intention to love with real practical deeds. In the early Christian church, people who were outside, meaning not Christians, admired the deeds of Christians. And often it was common back then, and it's something you'll remember, see how those Christians love one another. This is how they knew these were the followers of the way. These are the ones who follow this Jesus. As followers of Jesus, desiring to live out a relationship with Christ, we are called to make our love visible through service, particularly through what we know as the corporal works of, mis of mercy. There are seven of them the church classifies, and they're uh, visible signs of our love for others. Feed the hungry. If you see someone who's hungry, get them some food. Give them yours. If you're out for lunch and you see, just give it to them. You can buy some more for yourselves. Give thirsty to those who, uh, give drink to those who are thirsting. And not just thirsting physically. There are people who are thirsting for love. Thirsting for forgiveness, thirsting for mercy, thirsting for companionship. Just somebody, say something to me. Today we went anointed Irene Stanich. And uh, I had to find her because uh, they shipped her over to Tacoma. And uh, Mark was with me. She put out her hand. Father, I needed to see you. I just marked her head with ashes, heard her confession, and she wouldn't let go of my hand. <laughs> she said, you, you'll come back? And I said, not tomorrow, but, <laughs> but I said, I will. And uh, we're working on, with parishes in Tacoma uh, to help out sacramentally to bring the Eucharist. But my friends, if you have it within you to go and see her, this is the only family she has. There is no one else. So, yes, we're going to have to step it up for her. Friends, uh, clothe the naked. If you see the homeless, give them shelter. If you don't, they need shoes, give them your shoes. Go buy some more. Give them the coat that you're wearing. You can get another one. Visit the sick. If you know someone who's ill, call them. Don't just send them a text. Call them. Go and visit them. Visit the prisoner. Now, my friends, we have a woman's prison right here. But you cannot just show up there and say, I'm a Christian and I'd like to come in and visit. Because they are not going to let you in. <laughs> I know. I'm a priest and I have to go through all the hoops to get through there. So, but there are other people who are imprisoned. Imprisoned, imprisoned by loneliness, imprisoned by those who will not forgive them, those who are prisoners of addiction, these are also those that we are supposed to help. The final one is bury the dead, and that's what Mother Church does. I don't expect you guys to do that. Huh? 
Jesus speaks about the first six of these corporal works of mercies in a parable that he gave uh, called the sheep and the goats in Matthew's gospel. And Jesus says that proof of our love for him is evident when we act in loving ways towards other people. And this is the, from the Jewish, the great Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and others. You want to make God smile? Do something kind for another person. You'll make him smile. My friends, Lent is a time of preparation, of salvation, of hope, of joy, about what will be at the end of our journeys. Not only the Lenten one, but our human life. But for this Lent, whichever road you choose as your journey, walk that road keeping in mind the words from Matthew's Gospel, not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do not go around announcing to others what your Lenten obligations are and how much and how difficult it is. Keep that to yourself. Remember what the Lord asked first and foremost as sacrifice, a humble and contrite heart, Psalm 51, and it's found in Hebrews also. I desire not your sacrifices. Now, in that they were referring to the animal sacrifices of old. But instead, your heart. Enter into your London journey and obligations with that disposition. And your Father in heaven who sees what is hidden will repay you. As you offer yourselves in prayer and fasting and caring service, you will become more aware of Jesus' love, not only at work in your life, but through you, as St. Paul says, ambassadors for Christ, as if God himself is making his appeal through you. Your relationship with Jesus will become richer and more meaningful. So often we hear, Father, I, I don't have, my faith is very weak. Okay, well, what do you do? Well, well, what do you do? How is it that you strengthen your faith? You go to any gym, you'll see guys working out and women working out, and they got great bodies and strong muscles because they're working out. Faith is the same way. You can't just come and sit in the pew and expect your faith to grow without doing something, anything. And so I ask, what do you do? Well, I come to Mass on Sunday and... And I pray, and what else? What else is there? I'm like, well, I just gave you the seven works of mercy. <laughs> Here we go. Do these things. Your faith will increase. Your relationship with Christ will grow stronger. You will feel that love because it is not only poured into your own heart for you, but for others. So invest yourself in this Lenten season and open yourself up to the love of God at work in you and through you. Be his ambassadors. In this way, your Easter will be a dynamic celebration of God's vibrant love, transforming the world person by person. That's the way he likes to do it. If you wonder why, stay holy, and when you get to heaven, you can ask him. 
why is it that you chose to do it this way? But when you get there, you won't care. Because <laughs> you'll be there and you won't care anymore. So my friends, let your Lenten practice, whatever it is, be sincere. Not just the outward, but the inward also. Ask God to change and transform your heart in this season. God will never spurn a sincere person who comes before him. Never, never, ever. During this season, it is better to be sincere and faithful in one practice that will improve your relationship with Jesus and neighbor than to undertake many, many different things. Sometimes people get lost in the Lenten disciplines because they do a whole litany of them. I'm like, maybe just one. Don't be so adventurous with this one. Just do one thing and do it with sincerity and with love and see what happens rather than, I'm going to do 15 things, Father. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember to ask for grace from Jesus, because with him you'll be able to do this. Without him, you're going to fail. And then you're going to be upset. Then you will not be his ambassador. And St. Paul is so clever, because ambassadors represent their president or their king in another country. And so St. Paul says, be an ambassador for Christ. He's telling you, this is not your home on earth. You belong to some one else. Your king is Jesus. Be his ambassador. So my friends, do this. This morning, I got really passionate and I told people, let's start with the gossip. Gossip is horrible. It is horrible. And people who do it online, hide behind the social media and say horrible things, vicious things. Oh, Father, but that's just venial. Is it? Is it just venial when you attack somebody and their person to the point that they want to commit suicide? It is no longer venial, but mortal. To destroy another's hope, to rip them to pieces. Maybe this Lenten season, fast from gossiping. Never mind the chocolate. I don't care if you eat chocolate. I prefer that you fast from the gossip and the tearing down of people's lives. The power you've been given as baptized Christians. God spoke and he created everything by his word. Read it in the scriptures. By his word was it done. Now you are baptized. You are his ambassadors. You have power. When you speak, you have the power to lift up or to rip down. In Lent, let's lift up people. Show mercy. Forgive. Help the person. I don't know who that is. You don't need to know who they are. You just see Jesus in them and give them. Do these things. And your land will be wonderful. And you'll be ready for the celebration of Easter. Amen. Brothers and sisters, uh, um, our Lenten activities for the parish uh, can be found on our parish website. It'll be in the bulletin on this weekend. We also have the schedule uh, out on the tables if you'd like to take one home with you. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we have Mass at 6 p.m. 
uh, with confessions at 5. On Fridays, we have Stations of the Cross at 2 p.m., led by our school children, and at 6 p.m., led by the deacon. I'll be hearing confessions at 5 p.m. So we have much going on. Uh, finally, go and be ambassadors of Christ. Just go and do it. Show kindness and love in that. You will be his ambassador. You will make God smile, and he will repay you what he sees that is hidden that you do. Amen?